Welcome to Soul Sugar. I'm your host, Carrie Rad. You might know me from my videos on YouTube. I love to chat about all things self-care, self-love, living our very best lives, and finding our inner magic. Soul Sugar is a community of blooming soul seekers, like sugar for your soul. Before we get into the episode, I just want to take a moment and say yay. I am so stoked that we are here at our first episode of season two. We have an incredible guest today to kick things off, and I'm so happy to be back here chatting with you all. This season is fresh, and it's better than ever, and I hope you'll all enjoy it. So now let's get into the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soul Sugar. Today's guest is Megan Hughes, which I feel like I have you on the podcast right now just for my pleasure because I just want to know more about you and I want to talk (laughs) to you because I think you're just the coolest. Megan is a YouTuber and a podcaster. She talks about all things, all empowering content surrounding body confidence. You talk about losing your virginity, ways to reduce waste. She also has a podcast called Souls at Sundown where she talks about mental health. She talks about burnout. She talks about therapy. She also talks a lot about reducing waste and living sustainably. So I want to talk to you about some of that stuff. And Megan and I talk about gardening a lot in the DMs of our Instagram. Oh my God, we do so much. Also, (laughs) thank you so much for that intro. You're so cute. And I love you. I'm so happy to be here. I love this podcast. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. It's so cool to have you here. Yeah. One of my favorite things is... Megan and I both like love doing Instagram stories about our veggie garden. So her and I just constantly like chat back and forth about different like tips and tricks and like what's going on with like the veggie garden here and there. And I feel like we're like kindred 80 year old women souls. (laughs) Yes. Well, I was actually I was in the garden for the entire day before I came to do this. And I, I just feel like I would be literally nowhere without help from other people when it comes to my garden and getting answers from people online, like, why are my leaves looking like this? And why is my zucchini this color? You know, all of those things. Um, So I just need to reply back to people if they have a question. I'm like, Oh, my God, I've experienced the same thing. You can do x, y and z and it'll help your fruiting process like no I love it (laughs) I love it it's my favorite thing people are so useful out in the world you're just like wow they're like all of these gardening experts who knew I just started like a veggie garden and I was like wow like all these people know how to garden this is this is awesome so I totally know what you mean it's awesome to just like put it out there what your questions are and kind of see what comes back at you. Of course. And can I just say your garden, I seriously, I told you this. I was like, I have garden envy. You're doing this. I'm, I just can't believe that you're like a first time veggie gardener because holy crap, it is just incredible. I watch your stories and I'm like, oh my God, this is abundant. Like, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> it this, seriously is crazy. <laughs> thanks so much. And the funny thing is, is like, I have no idea how it happened. Like people exactly. always ask me, people are like, so how do you do it? And I'm like, I just put the stuff in the soil and I add water and then this is kind of what happens. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it's California. a little bit of luck. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The sun. Yeah. yeah. California is very helpful in that process. No, but it's so cool. You learn so much throughout the journey of gardening and it's just 
it's just the best. It really is. I think it just connects me a lot more to myself and that's why I like it so much because you can just sit there in silence and like weed the garden or water and just be taking deep breaths. Like that's my favorite time to when I water at dusk and the sun is setting and I'm just alone with like the hose just walking around the garden just chilling out. It's just the best you know and it connects you to nature and gets you out there and like even if you have just a balcony I just recommend anybody even just a window box you know just putting something out there or doing house plants and starting from there like gardening helps me so much with my mental health it's ridiculous because I was truly feeling like really sad this morning when I woke up for no reason at all my sister just visited me so I think that I'm like once she left I was just like oh no <laughs> this is this is no good now I'm oh, I'm missing her and I just woke up and I did want I didn't want to do anything and then I was sitting there reading and I was like why don't I just go out to the garden and do some actual work and return to myself and now I'm just feeling so much better just about life and it just helps a lot (laughs) I like 100% you are preaching right now because it is just so true it's the one place in the world where I just feel great like it, it it just makes me feel so at peace and there's obviously like the connection you can have with nature by taking a walk outside through the forest or doing anything like that and but there's something about getting your hands dirty and like growing something from a tiny sprout and watching its whole life unfold in front of you until it ends up in your body to nourish your like soul, your mind, exactly. body, and soul. It's just the coolest thing. Exactly. But, I was um, thinking about that too today. It's so hard. <laughs> okay. We could probably talk about gardening for the next 30 minutes. So we oh should probably not because we're going <laughs> to. We're going to lose gonna, our listeners. 100%. So we should probably switch over to something else. So <laughs> what I really want to know, just for me, I want to get into like so much other stuff that I'm really excited to talk to you about. But okay. one of the things I want to know more is just like about you and your journey in this whole process of becoming a content creator. Like how did you start and what inspired your whole process? And like, how did you get to where you are today? Okay. Well, when I was 15, my sister actually started a secret YouTube channel because we loved Ellen Blair Fowler so much. We were obsessed. And she started it just like stealing my mom's MacBook computer and filming videos of herself. And then after a while, she gained probably like 40,000 subscribers or something. It was in the beauty guru era, you know, like people just getting after it, you would get so many subscribers so quick. It was just like, all people were watching, you know? And so she came to me one day and was like, Megan, you need to start a YouTube channel. I'm making internet friends. I am making money from this. It's so much fun. And I get to talk to all of these people online. And she basically just sat me down and sat on my bed and gave me her camera to use and was like, okay, you're going to share your your summer makeup favorites with everyone. So my sister, Lindsay, she truly was like my, my YouTube coach at the beginning because she, I mean, we just bonded so much over the people that we would watch on YouTube. So um, I really wanted to start a channel after I saw hers growing so much. And then she kind of like put me on in a sense, you know, and a lot, a lot of my subscriber base, even till this day is just people who subscribe to me from my sister. And then I think like, you know, just collabing with people when I moved to LA um, and having like a larger group of YouTube friends that kind of 
grew my following as well. Um, but yeah, I really just, I owe it all to my sister, Lindsay. She's a true queen. <laughs> and we both that. still do it. So it's just a fun thing, you know? Keep Keeping it in the fam. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite things about you. Well, in the case of like you leaving LA and straight up packing your bags and leaving the heart of Los Angeles to move to like the cutest farmhouse in like good old Oregon and you have like straight up become like the lady of the land and I feel like there are so many people that like work in a city and like obviously we're so lucky that we get to work from home and our hours are pretty like we have a lot of freedom and so like we could do what we do from anywhere in the world and I mean a lot of people have different businesses where they can just get up and leave and go someplace else but what I find so cool about you and like want to know more about and like get your advice on because I moved myself like 30 minutes out of like the heart of LA where Mm -hmm. like you know Santa Monica Venice like Hollywood West Hollywood all the like the hub of everything and um And like, we wanted to move further. We even talked about Oregon. We talked about Colorado. um, And we were just like throwing out ideas because like my fiance, Alex and I, like we, we just kind of are down with that life. We're down with like living a little bit more remote and living like with uh, land around us. And like, we still live in a very urban area. Like we have neighbors all around us and stuff like that. But it's definitely more like, we're closer to nature and we have a full on backyard where we can like feel the connection in that way. So I want to know like what inspired that move and like, how has that transition been for you? If somebody's like looking to kind of like make a leap like that? Of course. Well, what inspired the move was my partner Finley and I, we would always escape LA uh, and just go to Oregon and we'll go on a lot of road trips. And after a while, I mean, I, I literally remember the day we were in downtown LA where I used to live and we we're just walking around and we sat down to grab lunch and we were just having a conversation about possibly like buying, not buying land, but, you know, renting a house together. And we both just agreed. We we're like, yeah, I would do that with you. Oh my God. Yeah, I would do that with you. That's an amazing idea. And then it kind of birthed from there. And then every time that we would go up to Oregon, we were just like, okay, we need to start looking for (laughs) places to move. Um, And at first it was just kind of an, oh, I I would love to do that kind of idea. But then once we started looking on like Zillow and all all those sites to find places to go, we just started taking more house tours when we would visit. And that's really what we did is just consistently visit it and um, do a bunch of house tours and go around to different places that we saw ourselves maybe wanting to live that was uh, near Portland, but not like in the, the big city, you know? So now we live about an hour southeast of Portland and we live in like farm country and are just surrounded by hay and cattle farms and families and old people. <laughs> and I truly, I just feel like we're thriving. I'm just so happy that we made the decision because I was feeling so stuck in LA and I had moved there, you know, when I was like 17 and I graduated high school a year early and I saw my sister, she went to FITM. So I was like, oh my God, you're living this LA life. I want to come and move in with you. So I did that when I was 17 and I lived there for almost four years and I truly just got burnt out. I was so over the city. I was like, oh, and I think like Finley as well probably contributed to 
contributed to that because he got really anxious in the city because he grew up in a town of 250 people and then moved to LA and was like, what the hell? (laughs) What is this? And so, I mean, we lived separately at the time, but um, he lived in Koreatown and I lived downtown and it was both just environments where, you know, there's so many people, there's so much trash on the street and traffic and just all the things. And it kind of just like hit a breaking point where we were both just like, oh my God, this is the time where we need to leave. And I think when you have those moments, um, you just, you really identify them quickly and you're like, yes, this place does not serve me anymore. I can understand that. And also, I don't know if you experience this at all, but I feel like there's some kind of weird um, YouTube responsibility to like live in LA. Um, But I'm not an actress, you know, I'm not a comedian. I wasn't going to auditions and doing improv and those types of things. I didn't feel like I needed to be in the city because of my entertainment career. You know, I was like, yo, I can literally do this anywhere. But the most I I love to do is just give advice and you can give advice from anywhere. And I know that people will stick with me and that, you know, my manager isn't going to be like, no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Like she was so on board and, you know, it's just, it's been good. So that's basically the gist of it is I just felt like I needed to get the heck out of the city. I feel you. I feel you on such a real level. Like that's exactly kind of how we were feeling. And I feel the same way. I feel like I don't need to be in the heart of LA. Um, I was going to auditions at one time, but For that same feeling of freedom, I thought to myself, like, I want to put going to auditions on the sideline. Like, I'm not saying I'll never um, get back into acting ever again in my life, but I wanted to experience the freedom that doing what I do for a living allows me to embrace. And so I, I wanted to go like full throttle with my like content creation. And I wanted to stop feeling like, you know, I need to like study the script and then I need to go back to like editing and then I need to go to an audition in LA and then go through all this traffic and blah, blah, blah. And so I stopped like maybe a year and a half ago going to auditions and, and I mean, that's not the reason why I moved out because I could still go to auditions today because I do still live very close to like Hollywood and all that stuff about 30 minutes without traffic, though, which never exists. So like it takes two hours to literally get anywhere. So (laughs) but that was us like we were and that's what we started doing. Like we started looking, Okay, do we want to live in Colorado? Do we want to live in Oregon? Like where would we eventually want to buy a home? Mm -hmm. And like where should we go rent to see if we like it? And so we were looking all around. And then we just decided that at this time, let's just not leave LA just yet. And of course, like my fiance still has the business with his brother, Marco. So like Mm -hmm. Alex and Marco still have to get together and like work on stuff together, which like is perfect for us being like just outside of LA and they can still like connect, you know, and um, get stuff done. And, you know, I think like later on in life when we, when we can, like we definitely plan to, um, you know, do, do it like, you know, where you're just totally remote and out of LA. So you're answering your question. Yes, I do feel like I need to be in LA. And I guess that I don't emotionally feel that way, though. Mm -hmm. And so um, emotionally, like, 
I want to just like fly away and live like in the middle of the forest and, yeah. um, and just like live life that way. But, um, yeah, so I just love watching your stories and just like living vicariously through you, like your Oregon life. And I love that you have pigs. How are peaches and Duffy doing right now? They're doing really great. I actually, because I was in the garden, I gave them a bunch of celery that I just ripped up because it started bolting because it's just like been planted since fall and I wasn't harvesting it. So they're living their best life. They're just eating a bunch of heads of celery right now and being crazy. So good. But I'm good for you too. (laughs) They're really good. Having pigs is interesting because they're just, I mean, they're as smart as dogs and they know how to sit. They know how to come. Like they know their names. Um, Ducky is actually deaf and Peach is more so like her her caregiver and she Ducky will just follow around Peach anywhere she goes and it's like whatever her cue is she'll follow it so that's kind of a interesting relationship to watch and obviously we didn't know that she was deaf when we got her we just realized after a while when they were in their grazing pasture that when the back door closed peach would hear us and look up and run and then ducky would just like stay where she was with her back turned to us and then if we came around to her and got in front of her or something she would see us and she would get startled and we're like oh my god she didn't even like hear or sense us coming maybe she's a little blind as well who knows she was probably you know like kicked around a little bit as as a baby pig um because hog mamas are very crazy but how we got them was we like found the ad on craigslist while literally looking for a dog and um the ad was from a mile down the road and so we went to this woman athena's farm and met the big pig that we saw on craigslist and then she was like and you know this pig is very expensive it's a purebred cooney cooney boar and i normally sell them to meat farmers so i can show you my little pigs that we just had we had three litters and so we went and we met the little hoggos and they're just so cute and we visited them like four times or so until we figured out which ones liked us the most and we adopted ducky first actually as a house pig for larry and we were gonna have her like just what you see on instagram sometimes larry's (laughs) megan's dog by the way yes yes (laughs) so we were just gonna have uh her as a little like dog companion for him but they did not know how to play with each other they didn't know how to get along um they play very differently like pigs don't run as fast as little chihuahua mixes and um larry would just nudge her around and she would try to bite his tail and stuff like that and then after a while we were just like well we literally have a barn on this property so why don't we just move her to the barn and then go back and adopt her sister and so then we got peach and now they've just been living their best life out in the barn and this was a long-winded answer but yes I do have pigs and I love them so much they're the best and it's really nice to have them because like around here people raise for meat and they're just living to like you know as long as they can and they're just gonna be our pets forever like my kids will know my pigs I just think that's the craziest thing they live to like 22 my favorite part about this situation is that you guys went in to get a dog and you were like well (laughs) let's just check this out as well yeah (laughs) 
I did not know that they lived to be 22 years. Is that what you just said? Yes. Yeah, they live so old. But it's really sad because, you know, agriculture, it just doesn't let them live as as long. You know, in the wild, like boars will live so, so long and same with sows. So, um, yeah, my my little girl pigs will probably live till at least 22. I mean, they they live a good life and they're healthy hoggos. If anything, they'll like develop arthritis, but that's just them getting old age. (laughs) Yeah, well, if they just keep eating their celery, then, you know, (laughs) let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, Third Love. I am currently wearing the most comfortable bra and I got it from Third Love. I took the quiz that they provide on thirdlove.com and it asked me all sorts of questions like my cup size and how my current bra fits me. The process was so seamless you guys and they asked me all the right questions to make sure that i got a bra that fits me like a glove third love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel I personally don't wear bras often because I have always found them to be too tight or uncomfortable in some way. But this third love bra, I cannot even tell you. It just fits so nicely. The nice thing is that I can find my size online and I don't have to go through an awkward fitting room experience. I buy everything else online. So finding a bra that's great online is fantastic. We don't think about how the actual shape of our breasts matter when it comes to finding the right style of bra, but it does. So when Third Love asked me in the quiz the shape of my breasts, I found that really helpful in finding a style that's the perfect fit. Third Love offers more than 70 different sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, which makes so much sense because there are so many different breast shapes in the world. There should be a lot of different options. So guys, this hands down is the most comfortable bra you will own. It takes less than a minute to fill out the online quiz and you'll have your bra so quickly at your door. I was in complete shock how fast it came to my house. You guys know that I hooked you up. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash soulsugarnow to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash soulsugar for 15% off today. Now let's get back into the conversation. That is something that I wanted to talk to you about. I noticed that you talk a lot about living the most sustainable lifestyle. And um, I love that you talk about that stuff. And I'm still on my journey, as we all are. Um, For me, I'm like still learning so much. And I'm trying to learn so much. And there's so much that I can change and so much that I can do. Um, But I love how you talk about how Um, the best way to reduce waste. And I wanted to know if you had like three pieces of advice for people who are looking to start their journey on living their most sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. My number one tip is just starting in one area, because as you just said, you know, there's so much to learn about this. Uh, I really felt like starting in the kitchen for us was the biggest thing. And when we went grocery shopping and just paying attention to like, not only bringing our bags, but bringing little produce bags. So we're not taking a bunch of 
more plastic and then paying attention to like things that we can buy in bulk from stores like Winco, which I know it's, I think it's in Washington, Idaho, Nevada, Colorado, and Oregon. Um, So it's, I don't know if it's in California, but just anywhere where you can shop bulk. I know like Whole Foods and stuff like that just has a lot of bulk stuff that seriously reduces your waste so much because you can get like pasta that doesn't come in, you know, plastic uh, sealed little cardboard boxes and things like that. Um, But aside from that, I would say just identify kind of why you want to do it. Like if you care about this and you care about the planet and you want to commit yourself to just changing and in some ways, then just identify what the drive is, whether it be just to reduce, you know, your personal waste or if you want it for your family. Um, My mom is really the number one person who inspired this change for me. And she started her zero waste journey probably like three years ago. And my sister and I and my brother, we all just kind of were like, oh my God, mom is just, she's doing too much yoga. She's just, she's got yoga brain. She's caring so much about all this crazy stuff. Like what are we, we're not allowed to bring home Chick, Chick-fil-A cups anymore and straws. Like, what is she talking about? We can't throw it away in the house. <laughs> so my mom was truly like the one who kind of paved the way for us. And I think my third tip is just... I don't even know if it's a tip, but kind of just my opinion of you don't care until you care, you know, like you can't force this life on anybody else (laughs) and you can't care so much that it it gets to you. I mean, you can, but it'll just impede on your mental health. It'll be, you know, don't, don't take it so seriously, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, Because I truly feel like when, when my mom first got into it, what turned me off is like, how much she was talking about and getting angry at us for not separating our trash in the right places, which is like so wonderful that she cared, you know, but um, being introduced to it in that way, we were almost turned off like, whoa, whoa, this is just too much at once, you know? Um, So I think just, you know, starting small or maybe starting in little ways like a garden or however you choose to. I really think that grocery shopping is like the biggest because food industry and all their ways and stuff like that, um, you know, getting reusable cutlery. And my favorite thing that I have for to-go food is called a tiffin. And they actually use them a lot in India. And they're just like three tiered little metal lunch boxes, basically. And we just keep them in our car. And anytime we're out on a date or getting food with friends or something, I'll just run out and get my tiffin from the car. And I won't have to get like a styrofoam box or even a paper box. It's just whatever little effort you want to make is is good to make, I think. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I love that you mentioned that it has to be something that you just want and care about to, to start off with, because if it's not something that you realize on the grand scheme of things, and it's, if it's not something that you're like, okay, I care about this and I want to make the change, then it's obviously not going to actually happen. And I think that that's been a really big aha and awakening moment for me, because I think that of course I have always been, somebody who cares about the environment. I like care about our planet. I care about animals. I care about all of these things. That's not necessarily enough to go, okay, like how am I going to change my lifestyle to make sure that I am doing what I need to be doing to help protect our planet and like give in 
give into this what I need to. Actually, when I started my vegetable garden, and of course, I was doing like little things here and there to start um, the process of living a more sustainable lifestyle and doing what I could, but like on like a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. And then when I started a vegetable garden and started realizing like, wow, like I can create these vegetables here and I can eat them. And that's like, that's so cool. And the fact that I can, the fact that I can do that and I can avoid like the grocery store and like the mass production of product and I can avoid all of this plastic. Mm -hmm. Then I started like going into the grocery store for other items. And I would like have this moment of like stopping and looking around and thinking everything is plastic. I know. Everything is in plastic, like everything. And then I started thinking about like, well, I mean, if I want to get tomatoes, they're wrapped in plastic and I have yeah. tomatoes in my backyard. So I'm not going to go get, to- I'm not going to get tomatoes here. And yeah. then, oh my gosh, all the bell peppers are wrapped in plastic. And like yeah. all these things, and you have this like awakening where exactly. that's the moment, that's the moment that hit me where I was just like, whoa, it was like in a movie where it's like slow-mo and your arms are on both sides of your body and you're like jaw drops and you're just like, <gasps> Yeah, you know? I think it's the worst at Trader Joe's, honestly, um, because they do a lot of pre-cut, pre-packaged. So if that's where you're shopping, then yes, you will definitely notice it so much more. But I mean, even at Safeway and just anywhere like that, I really, I had the same moment. And I think that there will come a time where we're all just like, oh my God, holy shit, kind of. This is, ooh, I how did I not notice this before? Everything has just been pre-cut, pre-prepared for me. And I don't have to buy my onions pre-chopped and pre-peeled in this plastic bag. I could just chop them myself. Like just little things like that. Or buying, you know, already cut or small baby carrots and just all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely growing your own food. I realize is a luxury for both you and I, but also like if you don't have the land, I really recommend going and seeing if in your community, there's a community garden that you can just have a little bit of land at and you know there's compost drop-off locations and you can keep your compost just in your freezer of your veggie scraps and stuff like that or you can make vegetable broth out of them there's just so many little things that I've truly learned from following people online who are also a part of the sustainable journey like I love Zero Waste Chef on Instagram. I love Grow Forage Cook Ferment. Her name is Colleen Kodekas, and she's like a medicinal herb woman. I just love medicine women so much. I find that life so interesting and inspiring. And so just seeing how I can use, you know, the natural and wild growing plants around my house here. Um, I think gardening really sparked that for me, you know, because I can go and I can get a start at a nursery or buy seeds, but whatever nature is already offering around you, just using, you know, little identification books or apps or um, taking a photo of them and sharing them with your followers like that has really been so interesting to me to be able to just bring those into my home and make recipes from scratch with them. Um, So that's just been super fun. And I think just sustainability in general is like, it's such a big umbrella, you know, there's so many facets that you can get into. But I mean, right now, I'm really focusing on just food and food waste and how I can raise a family sustainably without, you know, putting in a bunch of 
more carbon footprints because I realized like mm-hmm. to have children, you, you have to consume and you have to buy things, but there are different ways like, you know, cloth diapering and, you know, just uh, teaching your kids how to garden and little things like that. And, um, taking them out into nature more. Uh, that's just really my aim with all that stuff. So it always just comes full circle. I always just think of the bigger picture and what I want to pass down um, because there's been so many wonderful medicine women in my life who have just like passed out all this information to me, whether it be my mom or my neighbor, Olya. She's like a gardening queen and has helped me so much. And so, I mean, my drive is just to spread this information and hope that it resonates with someone and inspires them to care or do the same. And if not, that's totally fine. There's plenty of other people that you can watch and listen to information from, you know? I love that. And that's what's so great about having you on this platform talking about these things, because you do have people, you know, in your day to day life who are, you know, guiding you and teaching you and inspiring you, but not everybody you know, I know for me, like, I love you, mom, but she's like, you know, the plastic water bottle, uh, full blown, like buys the large plastic water bottle cases. Yeah, wrapped in wrapped in plastic, and then more plastic. So like, I and that's something that we argue about all Mm -hmm. the time when I go and see her. And like, I'm not even I, you know, I'm not an angel in this world of sustainability. Like I'm still learning, but I know that that's not good. So I'll like talk to her about it. And so for me, I like, I lived my childhood in that way without like this idea around how can we, how can we minimize our waste? And so I'm just starting this journey of learning. And um, so like having people to look to in the, like on the internet and, you know, um, it's just so cool to have the opportunity to do that because you need that inspiration. You need to find out how to do it. Like my next thing, I would love to have a compost, but I have no idea where to start. So, you know, just like having that is so great. So you're doing good. You're doing good things. Thank (laughs) you. And if you ever have questions about composting, I seriously will text you like an essay about it because. Oh, totally. I already made a mental note. I was like, okay, reaching out to Megan about composting. Yeah, I need to make a video about it for sure. That would be awesome. Um, So just speaking of the things that you're doing for the world, um, I want to know also, I, one of your videos about um, growing your hair out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just absolutely loved. And although I don't always practice this, there are times I go like ebb and flow. I'm like, sometimes I just let it go. And then sometimes I'm just totally, I think in the summer is when I'm like the most, um, like inspired to shave everything. Yeah. Yeah, but, of course. um, I love that you're so unapologetically yourself and you also, don't feel the pressure that society puts on us. Or if you do feel it, you allow it to like release from your mindset. And I love that. And I love that that's the type of woman you are. And I would love for you to just like touch briefly on like how you got to that mindset and like just kind of like your feelings around that. Okay. Well, first of all, yes, I totally feel the per- the pressure, the societal pressure. I think we all do, you know, just to shave. And 
that's truly kind of what inspired the non-shaving side of me because I was just like, oh my God, I have been doing this my entire life. Literally since I was 10, I started shaving my legs and it was a weirdly like shameful process at the beginning. Like I did it in secret with my mom's razor, you know, and it was always just like a weird, like hair was a shameful thing for me. I wanted to get my eyebrows waxed when I was in the fifth grade. I thought they were too bushy, just like too big, too everything everything, you know? And I think that there was really just this moment where I just looked in the mirror and I realized I was like, oh my God, I don't have to do this. And also having a really supportive partner definitely helped aid in that process of just like letting go because he wasn't asking that of me. He wasn't like, you need to be a clean shaven woman for me all the time. And men really, they do think that, you know, I've seen men visibly get disgusted at me in public if I like reach my arm over something and I, I see them notice my armpit hair. Um, and my mom has told me stories as well about just clients that she works with. She's a yoga therapist and them just making comments to her about women who grow out their armpit hair. Like I think generationally uh, speaking, we didn't really have this. I mean, obviously there's always been feminists who will grow out their hair as like a statement or something like that. Um, but I think that now it's at least in my friend group here, it's so widely accepted for all of my friends just to have hairy pits. And I don't know if it's like an Oregon thing or what. It's definitely probably slightly that. But I think that um, just people around my age, you know, in their 20s and stuff like that, we're just realizing just all of the kind of constructs that have been like pushed on us for our lives. So that's definitely what inspired it. But um, as you said before, or mentioned briefly, you know, people definitely feel the pressure to shave more in the summertime and be like a hairless queen for the beaches and pools and hanging out with friends and all that stuff and river days. And I need to make a video about this because I've been thinking about it so much recently. But just the fact that I, when summer rolls around, I truly get that urge again. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to go to the river with my friends or even the creek behind my house, like, why do I feel like I need to go and shave my entire body? <laughs> and um, I think that it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a weird societal pressure and you don't want people to judge you or look at you differently. And um, over Thanksgiving, I'm going to Jamaica with Finley's family. And I was talking to him the other week and I was like, do you think I'll have to shave before that? Because I don't want your family and your cousins and stuff like that and your aunts and uncles who I've never met to think some kind of way about me, which was so sad that I thought that, you know, that like that would take away from my worth as a person or a partner in his life. And he was just like, Megan, I mean, do you hear yourself? I think it's inspiring that you would be able to show my Republican, you know, closed minded family <laughs> different sides of how people act and operate in the world. Um, so I think that you should keep it. But that's just my personal opinion. You know, you can if you feel inclined to shave it, you can always shave it. But I don't feel like you should have to just because of how people might judge you or think or whatever, because that's always going to exist. You know, people are always going to not like certain parts of you or what you do, but giving, I feel like it would be giving them the power to be like, okay, yes, then I will shave my entire body for this trip because I'll be in a bikini, right? I need to. Um, but no, I mean, I, I just need to, I truly like, even though I do 
do this, I truly do struggle so often with just coming to terms with the fact that people will still view me differently and it's not as widely as accepted as I might make it out to be in my head or in my home. You know, it's always going to be different around different people, which is just with everything. But yeah, <laughs> it's a whole process. I love Finley is my new favorite person, first of all. <laughs> like the way that he handled that and what he said to you is just so like that is just so beautiful and is so just like looking out for you and making sure that you were still fully who you are. And it's true. Like that is the case. Like it is empowering. I get so empowered when I hear women talking about this. Even Ingrid, my friend Ingrid, like who's also on YouTube, I'm sure you know who she is, Ingrid Nelson, like she posted her um, armpit hair as well and like took full ownership of it and was like, this is our natural state. And like, why do we feel shame about this? And I just, I think the conversation is so important and it's just so empowering and no one should feel shame for the way that their body is naturally. Exactly. And you don't always have to feel the pressure to keep up with it, you know? And if you do love being clean shaven, I want to just make clear, like, live your best life, shave if you want to. It's just what I really promote is just doing whatever you want to do. Like if you want to just give yourself a trim or only shave your legs, but like grow out your bush and your armpits, then hell yeah, I support it. If you want to shave everything, then hell yeah, I support it. Or you want to just let everything go. Like I, it really was a process for me to um, just unravel all of this that I had been holding on to for so many years, you know, like from 10 until I think I started growing it out probably a little over a year ago. And at at that first time, I, it was just my legs and um, like my pubic hair. And then after a while, I was like, okay, then I'm going to do my armpits. And then I'm going to stop going and getting my eyebrows waxed because I don't want to like pay people to remove it for me. I just think that's kind of a weird thing for me personally. Um, but yeah, it's just been s- like slowly letting go. <laughs> and I yeah. think that that's with anything, you know, even with sustainability, even with gardening, it's like small incremental changes and you don't need to do everything all at once like just do whatever is on your plate whatever little serving that you want to have for yourself you know you don't need to go all the way in at all times in all areas because it can get definitely overwhelming (laughs) a hundred percent I love that so lastly I have one last question for you and I want to know before we go what you want people to know about your work and like something that you want your audience like to take away from you if there's like just this little nugget of knowledge whether it be a sentence or two sentences or just like a nugget of knowledge or wisdom that you just want people to like walk away with when they watch one of your videos or when they listen to your podcast like what do you want them to think or feel I want all of my viewers or listeners or anybody who stumbles across what I do just to feel as though I'm their big sister and helping them understand things that I necessarily wasn't taught when I was in high school. So just like being that person for people who maybe don't have an older sister or don't have a mother in their life who can talk about these harder topics or just don't want to talk about it with their siblings or their parents or whatever it might be, just 
being there for people to understand harder topics and just relate to them in a way that maybe the people in their life can't. So that's just my main goal is to make everybody just happy with everything that I upload and get a little smile on their face and help them know that they're not alone. You know, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, Megan. So it is time now for our soul sugar moment. So <laughs> I would love for you to lead it for us. So my soul sugar moment for you guys today, and this is something that I was practicing this morning is just sitting down and identifying with yourself one thing in your life, whether it be a mindset that you have, or maybe an individual or your diet or exercise or whatever it might be, something that is holding you back, um, whether it be just, you know, just some kind of social construct or anything of the sort. Because mine personally this morning was just the fact that I want to continue to sleep in. Even if I wake up at 9.30, I just snoozed my alarm today. I slept until 11, even though I could have woken up and started my day. You know, it's just those little moments where you're like, why am I holding myself back from living my best life? Let me identify it today. So I encourage you guys to do the same. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Megan, and like sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom and all of your gardening and talking about pigs with me. And all <laughs> of this. I just loved every single minute of it. And if my viewers would like to find you, can you please let them know where they can do so? Of course. I'm at Megan Hughes, M-E-G-H-A-N, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can just search me, Megan Hughes, on YouTube. And my podcast is Souls at Sundown. It airs every other Friday, and I put it across all streaming platforms. So that's where you can find me, guys. <laughs> Woohoo! Well, thank you, Megan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a blast. <laughs>